Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Al Pastor, where we're taking a moment to look into the richness of Scripture, seeking to uncover the lessons within and applying them to our daily walk. I'm Pastor Brian, and in today's episode, we're looking into the heart of Deuteronomy, chapter 3, verses 23 through 29, and exploring the theme of Moses being denied, God's righteousness beyond human standards or thinking. Let's set the stage by reading our text from the New King James Version. The Bible says, Then I pleaded with the Lord at the time, saying, O Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do anything like your works and your mighty deeds? I pray, let me cross over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, those pleasant mountains in Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me on your account and would not listen to me. So the Lord said to me, enough of that. Speak no more to me of this matter. Go to the top of Pishkah and lift your eyes toward the west, the north, the south, and the east, and behold it with your eyes, for you shall not cross over this Jordan, but command Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him, for he shall go over before this people." and he shall cause them to inherit the land which you will see. So he stayed in the valley opposite of Beth Peor. Here in this strong story, a sad story, we find Moses, this man of God who has spoken to God face to face, who has led Israel out of Egypt through the wilderness to the very edge of the promised land. And here he stands pleading with God for the chance to enter the land of promise. This isn't just a request. It is a plea drenched in passion and the heaviness of unfulfilled dreams. Moses longs to experience the fulfillment of God's promises, not just in spirit, but physically, to walk into the land he's heard about fought for, and seen in visions. Yet the answer is a resounding no. Friends, what do we make of this? Is it not a striking reminder that God's ways are not our ways? Even Moses, the great deliverer, is not above God's law, his order, his righteousness. It's a humbling moment, isn't it? The recognition that sin has weight, that our actions have consequences, and that God's holiness demands a standard that doesn't bend even for his most faithful servants. Yet in all of this, what strikes me the most is not so much the denial itself, but the compassion within it. God commands Moses to look upon the land. He gives him a vision for the future, a promise that even though he won't enter, his work will not be in vain. 
This is a tender act of mercy, a soothing balm for the sting of discipline. It's as if God is saying your work is complete. Rest now. Let the new chapter begin. As I was studying this out, I read a striking line in a commentary from Peter Craigie. I want you to listen to what he says, and then I'll come back and we'll unpack it a little bit. The very persistence of Moses in prayer, which aroused the anger of the Lord, was nevertheless one of his greatest gifts. It was his dogged faith and persistence that had finally brought the Israelites to the plains of Moab. So the request made by Moses was probably not in itself illegitimate. But there is a sense in which the great vision of Moses had slightly lost its focus. The vision of the promise had become a consuming passion to set foot in the land, but the vision had slipped from the Lord of the promise to the promise itself. It was the Lord himself who was to remain the true promise and vision of Moses. What a powerful thought. It was the Lord himself who was to remain the true promise and vision of Moses. Could it be that in the pursuit of a promise or a goal in our lives, our vision too can shift from the promiser of those gifts to the promise itself? And what does it say about our spiritual journey when the vision given by God becomes more about a goal we want to reach rather than the God who calls us to walk with Him? And what about Joshua, the one who would take up Moses' mantle? This is no act of mere succession. It is an important and purposeful passing of the baton. Moses is commanded to encourage and strengthen Joshua. And it's in this that we see a model for leadership, for discipleship, passing on wisdom, strength, and faith to the next generation. Let's pause and reflect upon that. What does this mean for us? It means that in our journey with God, we might face thresholds that we might not cross, dreams that might not become totally fulfilled in our lifetime. Yet in His righteousness, God is always just in His discipline, always loving. And it reminds us to walk with humility, to prepare those who come after us for their own journey with God, knowing that our legacy is not in the monuments we build or in the achievements that we've made, but in the lives that we touch and the faith that we pass on. And so as we sit here today, perhaps near our own promise, on the verge of new beginnings. May we embrace God's justice in the depth of His mercy. Let's trust in His perfect plan, even when it leads us to the mountaintop to see, rather than enter into the land of promise. I want to thank you today for joining me May you walk in the assurance of God's righteousness, which is beyond our understanding, yet always within reach of a heart that seeks His will. Until next time, 
May your path be guided by his word and your heart be anchored in his truth.